Amen. Glory to God. Technology. Thank you, sister. (laughs) Opportunity to prosper. Yes. I don't know about y'all, but ever since God had led me in this way to teach in our tithes and offerings, our finances have been attacked. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? That's letting us know that what? The word is working. The word is working. Amen. Amen. So we can come out with an expected end yes. when it comes to our giving. Amen. Yes. Amen. Go to Malachi chapter 3. <clears throat> Now, this is an opportunity every time to sow into the kingdom, God. It's an opportunity. Yeah. It's an opportunity for us to prosper. Amen. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 says, For I am the Lord. Well, God said, I'm the Lord. Uh-huh. Amen. How many of y'all know that he is the Lord? Yes. Amen. He says, For I am the Lord. And I change not. So God doesn't change. All right. The the things, how God felt about things 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago. He has not changed. All right. Man has a tendency to change. But God says, for I am the Lord and I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Now, let's go to Genesis, keeping that in mind that God doesn't change. Genesis chapter one. In the book of Genesis. Especially in chapter one. uh, How many of y'all know that the Bible is only... um, is only comprised of four chapters. <laughs> Glory be to God. Uh, the Bible is only comprised of four chapters. And that's Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, Revelation chapter 21, and Revelation chapter 22. And in those four chapters, we see the nature of God. Now, everything else in between is the devil trying to convince you that God has changed. That's what the Bible consists of. It's only consists of four chapters. Because if you read chapter 1 and chapter 2 and go to Revelation 21 22, all four chapters are talking about the unchanging God. And in these chapters... We see here in chapter 1, verse 26, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 31, and God saw everything that he had made, and we know that it says in that chapter, God said, God said, God said, God said, God said, God said, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And then if you go into chapter 2, It shows how God creates this garden for his man, Adam. And in the garden, there is no sickness, 
no disease, no poverty, no racism, no religion, no nothing. It is everything that is good of God. Then if you flip over, go to Revelations. So in Genesis, Genesis 1 and 2, we see God creates all this stuff for his man, Adam. What do we see in Genesis 1 and 2? We see the glory of God. And the glory of God is what? It's God's self-manifestation of his goodness, his power, his prosperity, and his presence. That's the glory of God. So we see that in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, and we see God creates this Garden of Eden. Eden is voluptuous living. Everything is good. We don't see nothing but the goodness of God in Revelation, in Genesis 1 and 2. Then we go to Revelation chapter 21 and look at verse 11. And it talks about, this is talking about the end time, the return of Jesus and God. And it says, and having the glory of God. And in, in this, talk, talk about this new Jerusalem descending from heaven and this city called Jerusalem, which is 1,100 square miles, uh-huh. all right, is the goodness of God. And the only thing we see in there is wealth, health, and the goodness of God. Hallelujah. All right. That's what we see in Revelation chapter 21. And we go into verse in chapter 22. It talks about there are trees that has healing in the leaves. Yeah. Amen. Ooh, glory to God. Man, I ain't got to go out and get no Tylenol. I can just pluck off a leaf and just eat it. That's the goodness of God. That is the glory of God. So we see it in Genesis 1. Genesis 2, Revelation 21, Revelation 22, everything else in the middle of that is the devil trying to convince you that your God has changed. And you know what? He has done an excellent job. That's That's what all that other stuff in the middle, all that other stuff. Is the devil been convincing man that your God is not good? So now let's go back over to Malachi. Oh, glory. Child of God, this is a revelation we have to get is that when we are attacked, Malachi chapter 3. We are attacked financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, relationship with why these attacks is trying. The enemy is trying to convince us your God ain't good. He's not good. And what do we read in Malachi three verse six? He says, for I am the Lord. I change not. God has not changed. His original intent is for us to experience the glory of God. And in his glory, 
is everything that we need. Yeah. Our health, our wealth, our deliverances, our salvation, everything is in his glory. So from Genesis to Revelation, the enemy has used different things to convince us that God has changed and God is not good. And the number one thing that he has used against the church is religion. To convince. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why you? <laughs> why you? Why you think? Uh, you know. Look at this. Look at this. This is this, this is what's this is what's so. It's, it's it's not funny. It's sad, but it is funny that the church goes to the world to know about their God. <laughs> the church goes to the world. The church goes to the world and the world would tell us that our God is not good all the time. The the world would tell us that God has changed, that God is he doesn't want you financially blessed. He's not into all that giving. He's not into offering taking. He's not he's not interested in money. The, uh, the world has taught us that uh, sickness and disease is when they come upon you, God is trying to teach you something. The church has gone to the world to find out and to understand their God. And God said, I'm the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you son of Jacob are not consumed. He said, if I did change, I would have wiped y'all out. And then he drops down, he says here, verse 10, he says, Since I am the Lord and I change not, this is what I, this is what I need for you to do to help you to understand that I have not changed. He says, bring ye all the tithes. Into the storehouse. Now, what's so what is so significant about tithes? Tithe is ten percent. God said that out of the abundance that I have provided for you, I'm only requiring you to give ten percent. Tithing is what tithing is an act of obedience. God said. God did not say, give me 9%. God didn't say, give me 20%. God didn't say, give me 50%. He said, he give me, give me 10%. Why, he, why, why God establishing that? Because this is the fall of man, of sin. We have a problem. We have a struggle in obedience. <laughs> That's a struggle, you know? We have, we have a struggle in obey because in our sin nature, we, in our sin nature, we have been convinced that nobody, <laughs> y'all, y'all know what I'm doing? Yeah. <laughs> nobody 
is gonna tell me what to do. And you know who the first nobody ain't gonna tell me what to do? It's God. That's what that's what that's the struggle between Genesis 2 and everything in the middle to Revelation 21. That sin nature said, nobody is going to tell me what to do. So God has designated the tithe, which is 10%. And the tithe is a covenant connector of obedience. God is saying here, look at this. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. Prove me now here, what said the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven. That tithing is a spiritual connector that we have with God that causes the windows of heaven to be opened for us to see God clearly. To see, it helps us to see Genesis 1, Genesis 2, Revelation 21, and Revelation 22, that our God has not changed. That's right. That he is still a good God. Yeah. So the tithe is an is a obedience connector. That windows of heaven... <laughs> Interesting. That, 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 that term windows of heaven in the Hebrew, it means opportunity. <laughs> it's an opportunity to see that God is good. Psalms 34 and 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. So tithing is an act of obedience that connects us to God yeah. for our windows of heaven or opportunity. An opportunity is any situation where your favorable qualities and skills, known or unknown, can be recognized, received, and ultimately rewarded. Yes. Somebody say, what did he say? Okay, I'll say it again. The windows of heaven is an opportunity. Is any situation where your favorable qualities, skills, known or unknown, can be recognized, received, and ultimately rewarded. That's the, that's the goodness of the Lord. So, child of God, when it comes to your tithes and giving your tithes, don't look at the tithes. Look at the opportunity. Yeah. Amen. Tithing is a spiritual thing. Yeah. How, how, this is how you can tell the difference yeah. between flesh stuff and spiritual stuff. Yeah. Okay? Have you ever been tempted to, to tithe? No, I mean, no, 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 seriously, you know, have you ever, you know, went the other day and thoughts that came to your mind, oh, I just got to give, I just got to give 10% of my money. Have you ever, that's tempting, have you ever been tempted? No, why not? Because tithing is spiritual. It's not flesh. That's why you've never been tempted to be tithed. Now, you've been tempted not to give the tithe. <laughs> And some Christian thinks that's spiritual. 
I'm not going to give it to I can't afford to give. That, now, that's flesh. That's carnal. That's not spiritual. All right? You know, spiritual things and fleshy things, they are different. Okay? So you've never been tempted to tithe. You've been, you have never been tempted to walk in love. You have never been tempted to forgive, folks. I just, I just want to forgive people. You never been tempted to that. Why is that? Why do you never? Why do we never been tempted to that? Because those are spiritual things, mm-hmm. and spiritual things are unseen, and spiritual things can only be connected by faith, mm-hmm. because spiritual things are not things that we perceive with our senses. The only thing that we perceive with our senses. It's flesh stuff. So that's why you, you get that's why you get tempted to cut somebody out when they uh-huh. do you wrong. Uh-huh. That's why you get tempted to steal something. Uh-huh. That's why you get tempted to sleep with somebody who's not your husband's wife. Uh-huh. That's why you get tempted. Why? Because all that stuff are flesh. And the devil had convinced Christians that. Temptation of the flesh is spiritual, and spiritual stuff is fleshy stuff. Because when it comes to giving, you hear people say, oh, that's all they want is your money. That's all. They, they try to equate spiritual stuff to carnal stuff. And if you be honest, you have, you have never been tempted to give. You never, you, you never woke up in the morning and said, I just, I just got to give. I just got to give. I just got to, let me call some folks up and I just got to give. Why, why? But you got woke up in the morning and said, I got to cut somebody out. They just mistreat me. I'm cussing. You've been tempted to do that. Why? That's flesh. And you now realize you take authority over that flesh stuff and you yield to the spiritual stuff 